Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this very special episode of the Greenwood and Mulner Show. One year of doing the Greenwood and Mulner Show. Ish. 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 Anyway, cheers to everybody. Happy birthday. Got a cup of tea. Got a cup of tea. Has it got sugar in? No sweetener. Oh. Oh. Been good. Are you on the, are you on, are you on the Weight Watchers? Getting the sweeteners. Next, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> all I'm saying to you if you see us in Birmingham on Saturday you'll not be on Weight Watchers sweeteners that's all I'm saying I mean podcast listener if you're listening to this on the podcast and not uh, watching it on YouTube then um, you've already you already are fully aware that we've lost to Aston Villa and uh, <laughs> me and Johnny were on the beers on the, on the on that day so yeah cracking day wasn't it it was fantastic, and I can't honestly. When Alan St. Maxon scored that thirty-yard wonder strike to win in the last minute, oh, I was unreal. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is the one-year-ish anniversary. Good evening to you as well, Bren eight four seven seven. Yeah, if you want to get a few comments in, a few questions for me and Sam, you're more than welcome to do so. We're just having a bit of a chill out, forty-five minutes to an hour, just talking all things Greenwood and Mulder show. Maybe a little bit about Newcastle United as well. Why not? Um, but Sam. One one year ago ish, I said to you we've done over fifty episodes and we interviewed some of the people that we have interviewed. Um, which planet did you think I would be on? I don't know. I, I, oh, I told you this before when you first said about that. I just thought you were thick. But <laughs> um, yeah, I, I didn't think we'd get like fifty people to come on and, and talk to two chances. Um, yeah, it, it's bizarre, really, because like. It was supposed to be a little series for an FTV extra and kind of interviewing kind of future stars that aren't really in the public domain yet. So we started with Callan and people like that. And like now Callan's gone on to do big and better things. And, and so we, with the, the calibre of and consistent guests we get on, it's um, very, very, um, very pleasing. It is very pleasing because when you get to meet some of the people like we have done, um, you can only be in awe in some of the people that we've uh, that we've met. But here's a question. I'm guessing it's from the right first question, which guests both made you the most nervous. Who, who, who would you, you say? You don't get nervous. nervous. Not really, but who would you say for you, Sam? Um, I don't know. I, I, I know it wasn't strictly Greenwood and Mulliner, but it went out on the podcast feed. So, like Alan Shearer, that made me very nervous. And. Um, going to Sir John Hall's house or one of his houses. That was that didn't make me nervous actually. That that was just very surreal. That was almost like out of body. That 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 was just like passing you by and that that didn't seem real. Um I don't know. What about you? Because like you you had a couple of your like miniature heroes, not the chocolate selection box from the mid noughties, but um noughties. I would say Lee Lawler, you know, just to, <laughs> just to, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Interestingly, uh, I have not got a clip of uh, when Lee was on the pod. <laughs> uh, even a Liam, best Liam from any 29. I think he's probably the only Liam I know from any 29, I have to be honest. Um, but in all seriousness, uh, most nervous. I think John Hall was, Sir John Hall was, Sir was, John uh, Hall. Sir John Hall, sorry. It was very, strange because I never thought we'd get him and I never thought we'd get invited to his house and I never thought I'd be sharing a Kit Kat and a cup of tea with him. Um, oh, you've not lived until a night of the realms made you a cup of tea. <laughs> exactly. But uh, that was quite surreal. Um, maybe Nobby, Nobby Solana. That was strange because like we'd arranged a time with him and then like with 20 minutes to go, he was like, yeah, come on, I'm ready now. And then he was in the stream thing before us in Peru. And then like I was like, oh my God, it's Nobby Solana, who's just so cool. Like, was, you know, I nearly missed that interview in a way, you know, because I was I was really, really busy. It was Mother's Day. I had a couple yeah, of bits and pieces on. Yeah, didn't you? Yeah, you and, had to go for a meal with your, yeah. with your lovely mother. Happy anniversary. Yes, I should say it's my mum and dad's wedding anniversary, 30th wedding anniversary, so congratulations to them. Um, but... I was literally just on my way back to my flat and I literally just checked my phone. And I was like, oh, it's 25 to the three. I think it was three o'clock. We did the interview in the end. 25 to three. I was like, oh, I've got a bit of time. I'll just relax, you know, get myself sorted. 
I normally come on about 15 minutes beforehand, same as you, Sam, like get make sure we're ready and if the guest is there, we're, at least we're there, you know, five, 10 minutes early. And I think so, Nobby was there. None of yeah. us were there. I just remember seeing Nobby's face like, I was like, oh my God, he's there already. I was like, Sam, where are you? I know, I know, I know. I was like, I was like, so I was speaking to him for about 20 seconds, 30 seconds until you came on. I was like, yeah, Sam's just on his way. I'm Johnny, nice to meet you. Do you remember that goal against Fulham you scored? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should just say, actually, as he is in the comments, and he, oh, if I don't mention him uh, when it comes to Nobby, I'll get an angry message off him later. But Liam, yeah, with the assist on helping get Nobby Solano on. It was a Nobby Solano assist for a Shearer goal, wasn't it, without uh, getting that interview? Oh, yes. The good old days. The good old days. Yeah, but no, Liam, great bit of work there. And um, yeah, very, very bizarre. Let's an- yeah. answer, answer Liam's question. Who has surprised you the most in terms of guests, Mr. Lorna? So what I like sometimes is, like, obviously we've had, like, the big, big names. But like every, like every now and again, like no disrespect to him, like like not smaller, but kind of less well known or not as much in the public eye or as as, as in Newcastle fans are. You know what I mean? So the likes of um, Stephen Miller whacking out his Olymp- his Paralympic gold, or um, April Hunter um, shedding a few tears on the podcast. Um, and not intentionally, I'm, shall we say? Not no, no. Um, but that's going to be one, particularly with April, where in a few years' time she'll be world champion, and we can say, "Oh, we've had her on," and we'll probably get her on again when she's won a world title as well. So it's it, it's one of them that that surprised you as well, and all the way back to the same with like Joseph Craig and like when we like the real early ones, and. Uh, Greg Whelan was was great fun too. Um, it was, yeah. About the entertainers docu- uh, documentary as well on Sky, so that was that was really good. How about you, um, Greg Whelan? Yes, hundred um, percent. Gave us about another hour of his time after we finished filming, which was brilliant. Yeah. it was it was fantastic. To get some insight about all sorts, really. Just it's just his creative mind as well. So I, I was, I was it was good to uh, talk to him. Um, I like obviously we like our darts, and I love the Callum Rince ones and the Cook Chris Derby ones, just because they're, they're dead early, um, and <laughs> it's just you look how far we came. Like in terms of like the Callum Rince one, I'm filming out of potato, out of a potato. You've got in the Chris Derby one, you're wearing your Sainsbury's top. So it's no. it, honestly, it's, like, it's a Ben got... Sherman polo shirt, which I have not worn since. <laughs> that was one of the best things I've ever seen, man. Um, but yeah, it, uh, who else is who surprised me? I don't know. But we for for a long time we used to always say that's the best one we've done. That's the best one we've done, and we I think we said that for the last yeah. 30, 30 episodes or so. So um, yeah, it, it's um, it's it's interesting. But I've seen that the guests have got emotion. You can tell uh, they must tell you three a few guests. things. In the, in three the guests have from three three guests guests got, got emotional. I can only remember two. Is that really bad? Who's the two that you've got? April, April, and George Calkin. Um, I wonder who the other one is. I can't remember Lee shedding a tear at Motel One. Um, no, I don't know. Let us know in the comments if you remember, because I know it's our okay. show in essentially, but we still can't remember. Uh, evening to John. Good to catch the lads John live. Yeah, watching from the start. From yeah, the John's. Show. Oh, Gabriel Clark. Lee said. That- I think it was more you that got a bit. Well, both of us in a way, because we both got um, both got a little bit. We've got family members that have had dementia. When we were talking about um, Jack Charlton, um, oh, film, by the way, yeah, fantastic film. film. If you haven't seen it on Amazon, I think it's only two ninety nine or something. It's honestly fantastic film, well worth the money. I think. Do you know what? I think it's on iPlayer for free. If you're in the UK, I think it's on BBC iPlayer. But if you're not from the UK, Amazon is a fantastic sponsor for Newcastle fans TV. Da 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 da. But um, yeah, Gabriel Clark. So I know people are going to probably ask later on favourites or top three. So we'll probably leave that towards the end. But um, we've got a few clips which we're going to uh, discuss a little bit in more, which um, Sam has chosen. Um, and I want to start with. Well, you've chosen uh, them as well. You've chosen. Uh, well, yeah, I asked you. Who, what, what were your favourite things and what you want to clip up? Yeah, but we both kind of look at it together. But I want to start with an emotional um, interview, and that is with George Colkin. But 
it wasn't the emotional book that we've got clipped up, but it was uh, still quite well, I want you to keep it light tonight. That's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, thought, I think we probably should, but let, well, let's get George Corton's clip. And he's really talking about, unfortunately, Mike Ashley's football club. And signing good players. Um, and the kind of the further that goes, you know, the further that disappears, the less it is part of the modern, you know, it's like it almost excuses what's happening now. Because I think for the first five years of Mike Ashley or 10 years of Mike Ashley, you could say, yeah, but for the 10 years before, you know, Newcastle were in Europe every season and we, you know, we got to the cup final and we got to this. The further it goes away, the more this is normalised, you know, the more this is actually who we are. And my argument would always be that we're Bobby's club and that we're Keegan's club. But the sad thing is, and I can't even believe I'm saying it, but at the moment, you know, Newcastle and Mike Ashley's club. And this is who this is, what this Newcastle is. Benitez was the, was the exception, and um, that's tough to take because we should. Be, there's no you know there's no harm in being ambitious. There's nothing wrong with wanting better. There's nothing wrong with thinking you can you can you can be good. That you should try. That you should work hard. That you know aspiring for something more is not a is not a is you know it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing expecting better from your football club is a good thing and the further that time goes on it's just like what are they moaning about they're just a shit club that never do anything that's what they are that's not what we are that's not well, what we are yeah i know i remember when i said i was going to keep it light <laughs> that was a de- depressing denouement there that clip wasn't it but um i think um george's was the most popular episode for ages and well until very recently actually um, someone overtook him, which I'll reveal a bit later on. But George was brilliant, wasn't it? And I know Lee's wanted George on the channel for absolutely ages. So to finally got him on, that was um, that was absolutely superb. And he's absolutely fantastic, is George Colton. We'll have to get him back on, won't we? Hundred percent. Well, I've, it was quite funny actually because I'd never really um, I've listened to George, but I've never like seen him. If that makes sense, and also we didn't really we seen him obviously through through uh, Streamyard, but I thought he was very witty. I thought he was very oh, yeah. clever and intelligent with his words. Um, you know, very dry sense of humour. But do you know what? Right, emotional as well. Emotional as well. And I didn't like I say we didn't. I didn't think we'd see that side of him, but um, it, it just it, it just shows maybe the trust that we get off people now because I think essentially. People when the, when when people first start off doing stuff like this, they've got to build their trust, and I felt that was like a, a moment where, you know, someone who's very very respected in their industry is very very comfortable talking to us about very very touching moments and very emotional uh, feelings in regards to their family members. I thought that's 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 quite big for us, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um... All, all the journalists we've had on have been absolutely superb as well, to be fair. Um, Chris Waff, who worked with George at The Athletic, absolutely cracking bloke. Um, and Andrew Musgrove as well from The Chronicle, who um, I've kept in touch with. I listened um, to that one today, actually. Did you really? I listened to the last half an hour of that, because like, just if I'm bored and I'm not bored, I should say. I'm never bored of doing these, but um, I was just on the way back from getting my hair cut. I thought I'll check one of them on. And then literally, I thought, oh, you get your so hair cut? Honestly, well, with that last couple of strands just at the top, honestly, just get the odd little trim every now and then. You know, Karen Barber's in colour coats. Steve shout out, shout, shout out to them. Shout out to them. Um, but yeah, um, I thought that was a bit of a moment, but the journalists are fantastic. I re- yeah. They really, really are. And of course, Gibbo. Let's not forget Legend. Gibbo. Um, 55 years in the game. Gibbo, who doesn't love a bit of Gibbo when you're a Newcastle United fan? So he was well, I don't think it. I don't think I don't think the club like a little bit of Gibbo from what I've seen over the weekend. No, I know. I think hasn't he missed his first game in like half a century? Fifty, uh, 50 years. I think that's an absolute travesty. By the way, <sighs> yeah, it wouldn't have killed him to pop an invite, I suppose. But we don't know the circumstances surrounding it. Was it? Is it? Are they still limiting the number of people in the press box? I don't know. Ah, who, who, who? Who knows? Who knows? But um, yeah, it's, it's great to have all these journalists on. We've had obviously regional journalists and we've had national journalists on as well. And that brings us into Henry Winter, who just absolutely adores the area, adores the region. And here's just a little piece about why he does adore it. 
I also remember Sir Alex Ferguson talking about the why he loved Newcastle as a footballing city. And he said he got off the train once and there was a um he saw the chronicle headline on one of the sort of billboards at the station and it said huge great exclusive news and it was pages one to five uh annie cole back in training and it was page eight world war three breaks out and that was the and there's, there's there's something very special you know for journalists like me i mean it's just it you're so brilliant to write about but the sadness is, is that what we're writing about at the moment, you know, is, you know, you are a club of joy and you're not at the moment. You're a club of gloom. You're going into a season which could bring relegation unless Mike Ashley um, gets the checkbook out and backs the Bruce and gets in Joe Willock. And also the Premier League show a bit of respect to Newcastle United fans and also to the sporting integrity of the league, which people keep on missing this. What is happening to Newcastle United is not simply what happens around St James's Park. This reverberates through the league and it damages the league's sporting integrity. And that's what I'm as bothered, well, I'm bothered about as well as the, uh, the you know, the distress this is causing tens of thousands of people, that, you know, on a, in a great football. Are we a club of yeah. gloom, Mr Molner? Um, yes, we probably are at the moment, aren't we? It's very rare we get positives. Um, I thought, well, we're recording this not a few days after the West Ham game, the 4-2 defeat, and the first half was fantastic. The second half was very doom and gloom, absolutely appalling. Um, but yeah, we probably are at the moment, I would say, which is why you need great guests every week to listen to to perk you up. Exactly, exactly. And um, I think, obviously, we've got to talk a little bit before... Uh, we move on, Sam, about the Sir John Hall interview that we've just done. And part two has just come out on Newcastle Fans TV, so if you haven't seen that, I can't stress it enough. I highly recommend that you give it a watch because it was really, really fascinating um, on YouTube. If you haven't listened to it yet on the podcast, by all means, part one and part two is already out. Uh, well, part two will be out. Part two will be out. When well, part two will be out? Tuesday. Well, Tuesday. well, I mean, if you're listening to this on the pod, then yes, it is already out, isn't it? See, see, I told you I was right first time. Yeah, you are. Sorry. <sighs> My bad. For that, for that, I, I have bought the first round at Villa on Saturday. Right, Lee and Carl, if you listen to this, and Harry, can you just make sure you get that in writing? Get <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's um it's very much a, a topic of conversation. Um so John Hall and especially part two where he touches about the Ashley uh, Ash Sam the club to Ashley, Steve Bruce, St. Maximum Wilson. Um but it all comes back down to money and it just shows how important you know the investment is in a football club, especially nowadays. Yeah, it does. I mean there's good investment and there's bad investment. Look at that monstrosity going up round the strawberry at the moment. My word. That makes me feel hollow and numb inside. Um, not all around, not made of money, Bren. Oh, he's man. only got he's only got two bathrooms. I've his, only got a crippling mortgage to pay, whereas uh, Muggins over there in North Shields must pay about six pence a month for his. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Come on, I don't take I don't pay that much. Exactly. So, yeah, and um, of course you lot are coming down south, so it might be a bit more pricey than what. Um, what you were used to. Hey, I have to be honest. I have to be honest. Um, I do like Aston Villa away. I've been a few times. There's a pub right next to the ground called the Whitten Arms. It's like a proper away pub. That's the away it's pub, called... yes. That's right. Yeah. And away, On the right-hand got... hand side as you come off the train station. It's yeah. Really nice to remember. Yeah. Right next to Sam's house. That massive house you see seen right next to uh, Villa Park. It's anywhere actually Sam's. near Birmingham. I've got an hour on the train, you know, to get to you on last Saturday. Honestly, Lee, let's 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 bring with a little violin. Let's bring with a little violin to the pub. That's my local game. How long does it take you to get to a home game? Four on a good day. <laughs> Fifteen minutes, twenty exactly. minutes max. My nearest away game is like Wolves or Villa, which is like forty-five minutes an hour. That's 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 my nearest game. Like home game for me is three and a bit. Well, I came up 
for just for the John Hall interview, didn't I? And that was nearly a seven-hour round trip. But, I can't believe you missed that turning three times. Twice. Third time lucky. I'm wow. sure it was. I know I did miss it because if you if you if you didn't know it was there, you would miss it. Mm. Yeah, Sam was just comparing notes. Asking, oh, we've got that. We've got a, a garden that big. Um, <laughs> but here's a, here's, a, here's, a, here's a question from Ollie. Uh, question lads, which guest has surprised you the most in terms of making a better show than maybe you thought they would? Um, I think Steve Baharrell probably for me. Oh, I, I was just about to say that. <laughs> Steve Baharrell yeah. was brilliant. Head of the foundation, wasn't he? What an yeah. absolute top, top bloke Steve Baharrell is. People, yeah. I don't know if people might have already listened to the podcast and if they have, they would have seen us talk in depth about maybe before the interview even happened, we had like a presentation of information of what they want to do in the future and i felt that was really really nice and didn't have to do that didn't have to like treat us very professionally he could have just literally just logged on five minutes before do the interview and then finish but he 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 treated us with a lot of respect sam yeah he did absolute what a man um and it it was mind-blowing actually to see what the foundation do because you hear about be a game changer and um a couple of other bits, obviously the the involvement with the women's team, uh, but there's so much more to it, so much more. It was absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, what a bloke. Um, if you're saying Steve Howell, then I'll, I'll change and I will say, um, Brooke Cochran. Yeah, I, I have to. I was going to say Brooke Cochran and uh, Becky Langley, both obviously associated with the women's team and Becky being the manager who came on first and spoke very, very openly about how they want to improve the club. And they've actually got a promotion because of COVID. They moved them to equivalent of what League One is uh, in the women's game. And Brooke Cochran, obviously the captain of the club, really the, the, the leader of Newcastle United women's team. And this is what she said about the women's uh, club. And the only way is up. Do you know what I mean? Like, with the foundation and the support that we've got and the fans that we've got and the places we get to train, like the kit that we get given, it's just, it just gets better and better every season. Like I've been back at the club five years now and I've, I've never been like, Oh, we better last season. Like it just gets better and better and better. Like we have like performance analysis, strength and conditioning. We've got like our physio, we've got everything. We've got all of the wraparound care. Um, so there's no reason why we can't be pushing to where we want to be. That was Brooke talking all things Newcastle United women's team. Ambition. It'd be great to have that with uh, other Newcastle United teams, wouldn't it? Ambition. I know. They're ambitious. And they won their first game of the season 6-0 away from home. Yes, they did against SC United of Manchester. So Mm. onwards and upwards for the women's team. Um, We're going to, me and Sam, we're going to try and get to a game if Sam can't for obviously for so far. Like it, it takes so long to get from uh, Staffordshire and Newcastle. No, I promise. I promise, Becky Langley, I'm going to come to a game and I will fulfil that promise. Because it's let it good down. to see an ambitious team. It, it's good, um, and they're a team going places. I, I want to follow the journey, and I implore. Well, we we do on NFTV, don't we? We always um, big up the uh, the women's team. Um, yeah. So it, it's a good journey to follow. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. And again, we'll try and see if we can get at least a couple of games throughout the season. The league obviously has been to a few more games as well. So we'll, we'll keep that. Uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye out on the women's team in the future. Uh, Nick says, will you be interviewing more people in person with restrictions being lifted? I think it just depends on uh, the person. It depends on the situation. Um, I think there's certain... on factors. Yes, I think it, it, I think it depends on... Who it is? I'm not, not traveling. It's not, not sounding big. No, it's not big-headed of us to say this, but it does depend on the person because we have a, we have got a list of people. Depends it's a small list. Yeah, it's a small list of people, but that we would travel to a few, you know, maybe a couple hundred miles to go and interview. But it just depends. I'm not traveling not to Peru to interview Nobby Solano again, even though I absolutely love Nobby Solano. I can't afford to get a plane ticket to, to Lima to, to go and interview him again. Although his not... mom's Wi-Fi is clearly better than ours. <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> Just a bit. But uh, yeah, 
that'll be something that we'll have to uh, keep an eye on. But thanks for the question, Nick. I know you're probably somewhere in Newcastle tonight. So, uh, yeah, appreciate that. That's Johnny's brother. Yeah. I don't even know where he is tonight. Should know, but I don't. I'm sure he's having a good time anyway. Um, yes. Well, I, would you go to Chile to interview Clarence Acuna? Um, if he's no. paying, yeah. <laughs> would you go oh, if he was no. paying? If he was paying, <laughs> go to Chile. Yeah. No. Oh, do you know it's your terrible? You like you know. Uh, it's the Greenwood show again. It's a Jonathan that's and Greenwood I, show I, again. I, I couldn't. I couldn't get there and back in one day, could I? <laughs> Uh, probably not. No, probably no, not. A lot of it revolves around childcare because you know, of, again, of factors. So Charlie will understand to... when he's older. No, but the thing is, with the John Hall one, I was there to put him to bed. You know, on on the, at least on the same day, um, going to Chile to interview Clarence Acuna could be tricky. Logistic. I think, have, I, think I think I think your missus might have to put Charlie to bed on that one. Yeah, possibly. Um, so Clarence, if you're watching, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, we'll see how that one goes. Um, uh, talking about Nobby Solano, it's got a lovely little story about Andy Griffin. We were talking to Andy Griffin, um, not long ago, Nobby, Ooh. about that Champions League run, the crazy one, the crazy one, the mental sick. I call him the mental sick. Why do you call him that? Oh, you, you should be asking here next time when you ask him here why I'm calling him like that. No, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful lad. You see, you can speak to him outside the pitch, but inside the training, he's a monster, he's a devil. <laughs> <laughs> he kicks everyone. Yes, Nobby, big fan of Nobby Solano. We've mentioned obviously how the interview happened and all, but uh, oh, big, big fan of Nobby Solano, one of my favorite players as a kid. Oh, absolutely. I did follow up um, with Andy Griffin on that one. Um, I asked him on Instagram, why does Nabi Solano call you the mental sink? Um, and he wouldn't he, he wouldn't tell me. He said, some stories are best left alone, Sam. So um, who, am I to argue with, who am I to argue with Andy Griffin? He'd knock me out in an instant. So, um, yeah, well, well, maybe we could get Andy Griffin back on and... and peer pressure him into telling us why he's called them he was called the mental sink i want to know why you haven't met up with him well obviously covid reasons probably is probably a big reason but why i haven't met with him for a pint he doesn't live a million miles away from you because he said he was going to give me his number but he didn't that's why <laughs> you still got him on insta look local pub just say look i buy the first round heard you're a big fan of thatchers so am i this is where it all starts. Yeah. I might try that. I mean, I won't. But because you just never know. Like, if, if, if you get, I reckon if you get Andy Griffin, a, a, a few beers inside him, I'd, I'd still think he'd, you know, he'd be walking down the street one night possibly and he's, all of a sudden he fancies a tackle. So he could, <laughs> he, 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 he could just absolutely <laughs> hack down anyone in sight. So, you know. <laughs> Uh, we've got a few more questions. Liam says, what ambitions do you have for the podcast in the short oh, and long term? I don't know. I, think I didn't short... even think we'd be here. Is long term still 100 podcasts, you think? 100 million pound deal for Making me. the money sign if, you, if you're listening on, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean... I jest about money because it's not about the money. Um, if you'd have said we'd have interviewed these people, oh, I don't, don't need a penny for that. Jesus, that's 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 just the stuff dreams are made of, isn't it? That's um, it's it's incredible. Um, I still can't get over Alan Shearer following me on Twitter, but um, they. <sighs> I purposely. I need. To, I need to interview. Him. <laughs> I, I purposely interview. didn't get an Alan Shearer clip because I didn't. I was going to be very mature and 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 not rub it in your face. And the fact that I wish I, I, got, a, wish I got a Keith Gillespie one. <laughs> yeah, maybe. How many FA year. Cup finals did you play for Newcastle, Sam? Zero. But that's not what I thought at the time because we were getting along brilliantly. And it just went. Oh, 
It didn't. I recovered well. I rolled with a punch. <laughs> so did he after with that little Barney or Shearer. Anyway, yes, anyway, John, uh, which person would you love to chat to that isn't involved in sport? That's a very good question. Um, a few comedians on before, haven't we? Yeah, uh, Lauren Patterson. Lauren Patterson. She was brilliant. She's she's doing um, she's gigs got, again uh, now. Yeah, she's got gigs going again, which I've seen on Twitter. So she's doing really well. And, and Lauren Patterson was actually a really interesting uh, podcast because she didn't really know a lot about football, but it was fine because we could just talk about other stuff, and it was it was it was nice to um, it was nice to kind of just chat about everyday life essentially. And it, it was obviously associated with her, but um, oh, I loved it, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's something I think we've got to explore um, because I do like my comedy. And um, I mean, I know it, 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 he's still involved in sport, but not football anymore. And like when we had Ed Chamberlain on, obviously he's horse racing now, which uh, is another passion of mine. That was that was brilliant. Um, there, there's a there's a few um, there's a few I've got in my little notebook um, in the world of entertainment and this that and the other so there's there's a couple in mind but i don't don't know how we're going to manage that might need a few more hundred shows to 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 figure that one out but yeah um a few more comedians to get on i I like i always like stand-ups what was that what's that bloke called that was in that um what's he called i can recognize his face he was in a lot of itv stuff Oh, Tim Healy. Tim Healy. He'd be interesting to speak to. He's had an interesting yeah. life, hasn't he? And he's not, obviously not associated with sport, but... All the feeders ain't lads. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Brian Johnson from ACDC, and of course... Um, who are they? In the film Goal. AC who? Oh, shut up. Who? Oh, yeah. Jeremy, I, Jeremy, I have no idea who you're about. ACDC? I have you no idea who you're about. Thick. You are not Absolute sicko. <laughs> Can't believe you fell for that. <laughs> Andrew Bell, looking forward to who's next. Congrats, lads. Thank you very much, Andrew. I'm a big fan of Newcastle fans TV, always on the family action show as well. So, uh, and, and, and he did get us a little guest as well. Yes, he did. Well, he's not really a little guest. He's a huge guest. So a big thank you to Andrew. He was the one that got us uh, Olivier Bernard. And did Sam get a clip for Olivier Bernard? No, he didn't. No, because I forgot I was doing it late last night. I don't know why I'm started with this stupid Cockney accent. Um, no, no. Yeah, no, but Oli Bernard was good. He really doesn't like Graham Souness, does he? No. I don't know well, if Souness would be too keen on him. <laughs> Maybe, who knows? No, probably not. <laughs> That's the good thing that we have had little moments of um, not controversy, but like eye-opening stories, like Ollie Bernard and Graham Souness, and then Paul Ferris, of course, about um, talking about going back with Alan Shearer as the management team. That was very eye-opening, wasn't it? It was very eye-opening. We actually do have a clip of that. So, Sam, whenever you're ready. The day we went down that villa was a devastating day, but I didn't think that day. Well, that's the end of this. That, that's not. That's not what my intent. That's not what his intention was. It's not what my intention was. We set. We set in the airplane coming back. We set in front of the plane coming back, talking about who was going to be there next season with us. It wasn't. It wasn't that we weren't going to be there. It was going to be. And then we had a meeting on the Tuesday, and uh, with Mike Ashley, and and we had a general meeting where it was where we had a bit of a negotiation, and Alan and Mike went and had a chat on their own, and they came back out again, and Alan told me some of the things he'd said to Mike. And I thought, oh, that's a bit honest. <laughs> I really held back on. Let me held back in some of it because, uh, and he didn't because he's an honest lad. He just said, "This is what I think is wrong with this football club. This is what I think I want to change." And we left that. We left that conversation with a handshake and a promise that we would get back together and we would and we would have another conversation about what we just discussed about being the management team. That was on the Tuesday. I went off and I went off for a little break with the family on the Saturday. Picked up a Sunday paper and it had a big headline in there and. Myself and Alan had given me a title of performance director because we couldn't think of the title for me because it was just that we only kind of made it up on the spot almost because I was going to look after the rest of the football club while he looked after the football inside. And it basically just said, Greedy Shearer has asked for this amount of money and performance director Paul Ferris has asked for this amount of money. And I phoned Alan and I said, you're not getting the job. You're not getting it. I said, why? Because like, someone just leaked everything. The conversations, it's in the Sunday paper today. And my title of performance director we made up two minutes ago is in the, is in the paper. And it just... 
it just left a sour taste and he never heard it. We had another conversation with Derek Lambas about three days later. We came in to the office and said something about struggling to get a loan from Barclays or something, something some stuff that was just, uh, we can't get a 10 million loan from Barclays, we'll keep in touch. And then you start to see the stuff coming out saying she has asked for too much money. We're going to appoint somebody else. Chris Hutton's going to get the job. And before you know it, I'm, I'm sitting all summer waiting for a job that I think we've got and we just didn't get it. Now, to me, that was devastating because that's me. I've already jumped off a legal career for that. That's me. That's that's on a personal level. That's a, that's a devastating blue. To treat to treat someone like him like that. You know, I just I just don't. Uh, it, it it actually has sickened it sickened my love affair with Newcastle United. I have to say it really has, and I try not I try not to be bitter about it, but it's very hard not to be. Hey, Alan Shearer. <clears throat> I want to know how you score that goal. Callum Wilson now, isn't it? Um, yeah, make your mind up about that. But Paul Ferris was fantastic. I think that was one of my favourite ones as well, actually. And his book. Um, oh, what a read. You enjoyed that one, didn't you? Probably the best book I've ever read. And I don't say that lightly. The Boy on the Shed. Oh, my word. I mean, it's not even strictly a properly football book but obviously it's very Newcastle United heavy but there's a lot of it about growing up um, in the troubles in Northern Ireland and this that and the other it's, it's oh yeah Paul Ferris absolutely what a man um, brilliant one of my favourites um, yeah oh, very very intelligent man and, and had a lot to say about a, a real a real kind of controversial time in Newcastle United's history that that season in particular, and he was in the middle of it all. It was um, very eye-opening to speak to him. It was very eye-opening. Um, it was actually quite remarkable because obviously I was I was only about fifteen when we got relegated the first time, and it was strange because I didn't think that it was actually real. Didn't like even I didn't, never thought Newcastle were going to get relegated. Even on the final day, I was like, "No, nah, we'll get out of it. We'll do we'll, this normal because we we'll just find a way." Um, and then obviously we did get relegated. And then when you hear stories afterwards, the way that Paul and, and Alan were trapped, absolutely terribly, really, really were. If you, if, if the biggest thing I got from it is if you, if you don't want them there, just tell them man to man, face to face, look, you're not what we want. We're going to go with Chris Hutton. We're going to go with X, Y, and Z. And then he got David O'Leary. That's how like, I, found that, I found out not, uh, not too long ago that David O'Leary was uh, talking to Newcastle about becoming manager when, uh, Chris Hutton was, when Chris Hutton got the job. So, just be a man and just tell them face to face. You know, it's not hard. But um, well, but great, great, uh, great with his time again was Paul. Yeah, I mean, they weren't the first to be treated so heinously by by Mike Ashley and Co. And they uh, they weren't the last, unfortunately. So, yeah, such is life. But yeah, great to speak to Paul. Absolutely, one of my favourite podcasts, hands down. Yeah, really was. Uh, I've got a lot of time for. Uh, for Paul Ferris, and if you haven't seen his book or read his book, you got a boy. Um, it's going to. I was going to say there, um, <laughs> the boy who cried wolf. That wasn't what was meant to come up. No, he there. didn't write that. I no, could you imagine? I think the book's on Amazon actually. So if you if you if you want to get Paul's book, it's on Amazon and uh, Newcastle oh, Fans TV. Our yeah. partners with Amazon as well. Um, Andrew is going to be involved in uh, the game for Aston Villa versus Newcastle. There's actually quite a lot of us down for Villa versus Newcastle uh, on Saturday. Um, so I think I think Andrew's helping out, which is uh, very nice of him. Um, Gary says, hi, lads. Have you watched Loaded Football tonight? Well, well, generally, we haven't because we've been uh, obviously getting ready for this and the John Hall interview came out. So we want to make sure um, we're in the comments and making sure everything was behind the scenes was okay. So uh, we haven't, unfortunately. Um, Peter Drury, Sam, is one <laughs> of my absolute favourite commentators. Um, just a little secret, Sam's probably got somewhere between 95 to 98% of guests on this show. Um, but I've got some breaking news. Do you want to hear some breaking news, Sam? This was all you. This is, no, no, there's some better breaking news. Because there's been a goal at the Pirelli Stadium. And it's Burton one, Sunderland nil. <laughs> See, I remember in pre-season, like, <laughs> on my quick thoughts after the game, some teams struggle there. It's if a do. <laughs> oh, you know, if we were playing Burton away every week, we we top the league as well, Sam. So. Yeah. Oh wow. 
the 67 minutes gone at the Prairie Stadium is bit one. Suddenly nil. Anyway, moving back, Peter Jury. Um, yeah, this is all me, which is bizarre. But um, uh, what a what a man. Um, in terms of Newcastle memories, he actually saw Newcastle in the Champions League live. Yeah, yeah. live. And um, when he talks about that, and he talks about a time with Boy Robson where he meets Sir Bobby, uh, and and I think he would have been in Italy, I would have thought. Um, it was before Milan, I think. Yeah, before in Milan, and it was yeah, and it was lunchtime, and so Bobby was very kindly said, "Look, if you come to the if you come to the team hotel, I'll give you the team news ahead of the game, so you could do a bit of research." And so Boy Robson talked to him for about an hour and a half, two hours, and by that time, Peter had to go to prepare for this uh, for this very very important Champions League match. But um, oh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was it's, it's one of my favourite ones. Do you know what I loved about Peter Drury? Like Come on then. you always have kind of preconceptions about what the person's gonna be like before you start. And then like I was expecting like a quite a toned down, just a kind of normal, relaxed. But the way Peter Drury commentates, he talks like that all the time. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he? he genuinely talks like that all the time. It is brilliant. He's one of my favourite people in the whole world and his enthusiasm is so infectious. It was brilliant to speak to him. Shall I uh, I play the clip about uh, his story of Alan Shearer? Oh, yes, please. Um, as a player, I, for five live, commentated on his first goal at St. James's against Wimbledon. Brilliant. And uh, I always I always remember that. It was against, uh, as I say, against Wimbledon. It was a free kick, obviously. And um, I... I it's the height of arrogance to um, to quote yourself back, but I do always remember that because I was still quite young, and it was a great thrill. It was a big sort of moment for me, and he smashed his free kick into the, the um, top corner, and I just went, Shearer, he's got his goal, he's got his goal, and and so there we are. And um, afterwards, I had to go and do the interviews, and I remember the first person to appear was the Wimbledon manager, Joe Kinnear who was furious because he didn't think it was a free kick. Um, so he was quite grumpy. And uh, then Alan Shearer came out to be interviewed. And I remember thinking what a... Funnily enough, it's very, I had interviewed him before. I remember interviewing him. He, he got a, a hatchet for Blackburn once and I was there. But I, I um, he, he came out and I asked him, you know, Alan must feel great. And he did this sort of stock answer. And I, I, I still regret to the day my follow-up question when I said, pity it wasn't at the Gallagher's end. And uh, he looked at me as if to say, what? 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 <laughs> I mean, it was, it was just such a stupid thing to say. He just he just hit a 25-yard screamer into the top corner to score the goal of his dreams for the, you know, the club of his boyhood dreams. And I said, pity it wasn't at the Gallagher end. So we moved on quickly from that question. And... Uh, <laughs> Pettier wasn't in the Gallagher end. I'll tell you what was in the Gallagher end. And Peter Drew was commentating was Newcastle 1, Manchester United 0. Matty Longstaff getting that goal in the commentary. Hollywood, the local boy, has done it. Yeah, I know. What a commentator. What, what, that was a really good hour. If, if like, you've, you haven't watched or listened to these shows, obviously they're all available on any podcast app. Go and um, subscribe and rate five stars. But, yeah, Peter Drury, it just... So many stories. That's what we. That's what we love. I love listening to these people who have been there, seen it about the things we like, the things we love, and what we can only dream about experiencing. Um, yeah, he, he's brilliant, and he, as I say, he's so enthusiastic. But the story he just said kind of reminds me of a, a behind the scenes thing. It's literally just come to my head. Um, when we did the Alan Shearer interview, obviously. I jest, but you weren't there for it, Johnny. I did it with Sean Wade of the Magpie Group. Shout out, Sean. And we were talking just before um, we'd started the interview and we, we were just chatting away about the prize draw that Alan was doing at the time um, about his, his kit from their Man City, the, the 250th goal, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Sean said something like... Um, he quoted a figure, and I think he said, like, his total goals. 
and uh, Sean said 250, and then Alan immediately stopped showing his tracks and went 260. So then I kind of broke the ice by saying things not to get wrong in front of Alan Shearer. Because with, with, with Alan Shearer, and you know it when you watch Match of the Day and he's on with Ian Wright, he knows all of his stats, he knows all of the goals he's scored, and he knows all of his numbers because he bloody loves it. So that, that all, I sometimes think about that, and it does make me chuckle. But, um, yeah, um, stories like that are just are just brilliant. They are. Uh, Ryan Gulliver, will you be listening to Steve Bruce Corn on Thursday? I hope fans ask respectfully, but have to ask mm. tough questions. Yeah, I think that's a very fair comment, Rowan. Um, I think I will probably try and make some time. I think if I, if, if, I think what Newcastle fans have to ask is, you know, like those those tough questions. Um, for me, if I was to, if I was in, if I was fortunate enough to ask them a question, I think one of the questions probably would be. Why are you so stubborn in the formation that you've got? And have you thought about maybe a four-two-three-one or particular personnel in so many places? Like Isaac Hayden played a number of positions last season, and I think if Newcastle do get a centre midfielder, I think he might be a centre half this season. That is just from what I gathered from some. I agree. I would. I would play uh, Hayden as centre back because I don't think he suits the system we do at the moment. Um, he was injured back end of last season, wasn't wasn't he? And um, now Willock comes in. I don't think he fits in that midfield. So I would put him as a mm. centre back because he's a fantastic player. And and the 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 switch to centre back in a back three would be no disrespect to him. I don't think because he, he played their youth team for Arsenal and he's bloody good at it. And what's his best position, Sam? Though. Well, obviously he's more is because he's been playing centre mid over the past few years, but that's not to say because he's still young enough. He can be a bloody good centre-back in, in that back three. I mean, you could have muted your mic for your, for a sneeze as well, like I do, but um, that's that's fine. Keep that in. Um, but yeah, I, I, would you rather have Isaac Hayden or Emil Kraft in the back three? I could just, I could just imagine you literally like celebrating, punching in the air, jumping up and down when you saw Emil Kraft starting at centre half on Sunday. Well, I didn't, because Cher and Lascelles were on the bench. I just didn't get that. I didn't get that at uh, all. That was yeah. the only thing. I, I tried ringing you actually. I don't know if on Sunday, but I didn't. I was those circumstances which I'm not getting to. I was at work. I don't yeah. know, I had a job. Yeah. <laughs> Your first day in what 12, 14 days that you actually decided to go to work. Oh, <laughs> we might need a Steve. Yes, and now he's gone. That is it. Welcome to the Sam Mulliner Show on Newcastle Fans TV. Johnny has finally disappeared. But uh, on the Isaac Hayden debate, oh, he's back. That's a shame. Q Sam taking the mick out of us any oh, second oh, now. There we go. Is Hayden, as good as he is, he can't bring the ball forward. Same with Shelby. That's, that's, that's a good point. That's why I think a, a switch to centre-back might not be um, a bad idea. But, um, but John does, right does there, Isaac, even does, though does he, Isaac, he chuckled himself off the Does Isaac Hayden need to do that, though? Does he need to bring the ball forward? In a back three, you would, but um, I don't know. It's tricky, isn't it? I mean, we're get, we're getting off topic here. We're getting side. I know, I know. It's just. And it's, I do it's, hope I told it you talk a little bit about Newcastle United. I do hope it does remain respectful because otherwise, supporters will raise some very good points in that, and if they're not respectful, then a lot of that will be lost. Um, and I do have some sympathy for Steve Bruce because he is just out there on his own left to answer questions that he doesn't have the answer to irregard, uh, regarding things above his head because the community... What would you ask him? Oh, God, where'd you start? Uh, can I have a job on the coaching staff? Um, no, genuine question. If you were on this radio show, I think it's on BBC Radio Newcastle. Come on. If, you, if, you, if you have a chance to ask Steve... That was a genuine question. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. There's, there's lots. I couldn't have just one. Um, I'd want to know about um, the long staffs. I'd want to know about the thinking behind Ryan Fraser converting him into a centre mid, which doesn't make sense to me. Miggy Armour on. Um, who bought Joe Linton? 
Um, I want to know. I want to, again the four two three one thing. I want to know about player development. So you like the Woodman, Watts, Longstaff, this, that, and the other. Um, I want to know about them. I want to know. I want to know who he thinks. Where do we need to strengthen? What do you think, centre back? Um, I want to know why you sold Florian Lejeune, and I want to know. I want to know. I, I want to kind of quiz him a bit, and let's just see how much of a fan he is, and let's see if he has got the passion there, because it's not something we really see from him a lot. But I, I do have some sympathy for him. Um. In some things, but obviously in other things, he he's he is to blame. Last question on just Steve Bruce, Sam, before we go back on to Guru Mulder's stuff. If Newcastle lose on Saturday, do you think the fans will turn again? Uh, well, we will have that answer by the time this comes out as an audio. I think if we don't get anything from the game at Aston Villa, that game at home to Southampton is absolutely massive. And I think that, I mean, it's August and we're like... Because we've got Man United straight after the international break. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, Which could be the next game for our listeners, by the way. Like last season, a good start was imperative and we got a decent start bar Brighton last season, which kind of helped us not sink into the bottom three when we were having that horrific run in the middle before we picked up at the end. So if we don't get that good start, we're, we could be in, in the brown stuff. Could be. We could be. But uh, if you, make sure you give it a watch because it should be really, really interesting. And we hopefully, for our YouTube watchers, hopefully we do get the results uh, against Aston Villa. But for our listeners, you already know, so get your lottery tickets. <laughs> um, the last one. Who wants to hear about Mickey Quinn and a plant pot? Oh, Yes. Please. My dad and my uncles were down, so um, we got a ticket. So I was staying in the... I'd, I'd moved out of Jesmond. I was staying in the Holiday Inn at the time. Um, or maybe for that night with my dad down and my uncles. So anyway, where's for where? It's got four boys. I mean, come on. You know I had a full tank on board by two o'clock in the morning. Uh, <laughs> everyone <laughs> Newcastle. So we get back to the hotel, and uh, the hotel bar there, and... Um, Two o'clock in the morning, not many people around, uh, just a few residents. And the toilets are two floors down. Anyway, I've gone to the lifts. There's three lifts. Because of the time, 2 a.m., two of them were out of order. only one lift working. Well, I was busting for the piss. And I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And this lift's not coming. It's not coming at all. <laughs> and then I noticed, conveniently, to my left-hand side of the lift was a pot plant. So I thought, <laughs> that will fucking do. <laughs> <laughs> we zipped and proceeded to have a piss in the pop plant. Well, the hotel manager came over. He was an ex-copper. He was about six foot four. And he put his hand, bang, right on my shoulder like that. And I turned around, looked up, and he said, Mickey, man, you score another four next week. You can have a shit in there. Lovely <laughs> stuff. <laughs> 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 That makes me laugh all the time, you know. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. Mick Quinn, what a character. What a man. Doesn't do many podcasts either, so we're very, very lucky to get him. What a I think it's because of the horse racing. That's why you got him on. Well, yeah, of course it was. And, he's a, <laughs> and of course, he's an ex-Newcastle number nine, obviously. First Legend of the football club as well. Exactly. Legend yeah. of the football Irrelevant yeah. about a horse racing trainer now based in Newmarket. <laughs> Uh, we might have to get some maybe Newcastle jockeys on to keep you entertained as well. Um, but yeah, I don't think there are any I don't, jockeys don't really do football. There aren't many. I don't even know of any that are based in the north, like are from the northeast either. So yeah, and believe me, I've looked into it. Yeah, right. Top three guests. I'm putting you on the spot. I'm going to write three names down. Top three doesn't matter what order. Just. Write three names down and we'll see let's see if we can book at the top three. Okay. Um I mean I'll talk whilst you write because otherwise it'll be a dead air. Um, 
top three, and I have no writing utensils. You didn't pre-warn me about this. I know I didn't, but there's a reason. Um, my only, favorite... stip- only only stipulation, only stipulation has to be that both of us have been, but yeah, both of us have been on the interview. Okay, so it's not because I can say Jose Enrique and whoever. And whoever. So that that's your options. Those are your options. Okay. 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 I've got my three. I've got my three. No, I haven't. I've got two. We'll get another one. Right. Okay. People well, are... no, we'll, we'll do the two and then we'll... No, no. Get your third one written down and see if we've got all three the same. Oh, well, I'm not writing them down, am I? Uh, we'll get your three in the head. I'll, I'll go through some honourable mentions. Okay. That have been my favourites. Obviously, uh, Les Ferdinand, show 50, honourable mention. Dan Barlazer, I thought, was ace. And um, best of luck with him this season at Rotherham. He'll smash it. He was fantastic in the preseason friendly against Newcastle as well. Yeah. Um, Andrew Musgrove, good dude. Chris Waff, good dude. Um, Savannah Marshall. Savannah Marshall, a world boxing champion. Best female boxer on the planet. In my right opinion, now? Yes, 100%. Um, Pete Graves, what a dude. Yeah, big fan of Pete. Warren Barton as well, and Lee Clark's hilarious as well. Lee Clark was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I love that one. Yeah. Um, right. George Colkin. He's not in my top three. He's not in your top three? He's not in my top three. I'm texting George now. You can text him. Uh, <laughs> Nobby. He's not in my top three. Are you high? What is wrong with you? Let's um, see. Who's the, other, who's the other one? I was going to say Henry Winter because um, after we finished recording, I don't know if you know, I made an Alan Partridge reference and he got it and laughed, which made my life. He does. He definitely does seem like the sort of bloke that would watch and listen or watch to Alan, Alan Partridge. If, if, if you remember, um, I know Alan Partridge <laughs> listening will get this. Um, we, we're actually, after we went off air, um, we were actually talking about Newcastle's horrendous fixture schedule around Christmas, and obviously we play Southampton away New Year's Day. And I made Disgrace. a point that, that you either don't go or you spend your New Year's in a travel lodge. And uh, Henry said, Henry Winter said, oh, God, like Alan Partridge. And then I said, it's a travel tavern. And Henry Winter laughed. So that's a great Alan Partridge, I'm Alan Partridge season one reference there. Can I, do I, can I get into a little secret? What? I've never watched Alan Partridge in, in my life. Okay, so join us next week for the <laughs> Philip Phillips and Mulliner show. <laughs> With horse references there as well. <laughs> You've got to. Just don't even so those are your three. Henry Winter, Les Ferdinand. No. And... I, no, I said honourable mention to Celez. I said George Colkin. Yeah, Nobby and Henry Winter, but there's there's a lot of honourable mentions. Why? What have you written down? Peter Drury. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Gabriel Clark. Oh, you had your little um, fanboy moment with Gabriel Clark because you I asked did. Gabriel Clark I a did. question, and he said, "Good question," and your eyes and face and stomach lit up. It's on me, great. It's on me, Greystone. Like a child at Disneyland, you were. <laughs> and who do you think the other one is? Um, Sir John. Sir John. Yeah, yeah I remember because you, when you, when we went to Keyside afterwards for a bite to eat, you were buzzing and going, oh, that's the best one we've ever done. That's the best one we've ever done. So yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. No, you were probably know. like you were probably like chill. You you were more excited about going to the Keyside. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I wasn't. Oh my god, there's a sucker lettuce in Newcastle. <laughs> oh god, no. Um, no, no I'm, a, I'm a proper pub man. Don't say that we. I went in a slug and lettuce. I'll get abuse from people I know. Um, no, uh, so John was good, but as I said at the top of the show, it was very very surreal and like. Um, he wants me to send him a disc of our interview, so I've got to burn it on a on a on a blank disc, and I'll send it in. So, yeah, what a, what a man! I'll drop, I'll drop it off. I'll drop it off. Yeah, <laughs> well, you do it then. 
I'll uh, talk with Arthur. <laughs> let him know you're coming. But yeah, um, whatever you see on the cover. Yeah, whatever you think of Sir John Hall regarding money or selling up to who he sold to, being in this company with such a knowledgeable guy, and he does care about Newcastle United. He still goes to watch games now. He still has a box at St James's. Um. And his attitude of uh, when when he was in charge, and he did a lot for the club. It was just an absolute honour to be to be in his home. Um, yeah, so yeah, I fully I fully agree that he is in the the top three. We have to be because we were the only one we've split into a two parter. So my top three is better than your top three. Is that what you're trying to say? No, because <laughs> I've interviewed Alan Shearer and you haven't. So there, he's not in your top three. Disgrace. He is. I, I tell him every day until he blocks me. <laughs> yeah. No. No, he's been very good to us. Very, very good to us sometimes when we've needed needed a bit of help. He's been he's been all right, hasn't he? For Alan Shaver. Yeah, when you've asked him a couple of questions in regards to uh, podcasts and he's given you like yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, I'm trying to give I'm trying to give our hero a bit of a Boost, okay, yeah, 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 no, um, um, okay, behind the scenes um, thing here, reveal gossip. I, I DM'd Alan Shearer before we interviewed Celez and just to ask him where does Celez rank of, um, you know, his strike partners throughout his career and he, 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 he gave me a, a very good answer as well. So, yeah, that's just, it's, it's Alan Shearer. I mean, God, isn't it? Let's face I it. We, I wish we had Shearer and Ferdinand. As oh. a, as a as a commentary duo, a pundit duo, so but he who'd have had Sky the other day when the did you see my on. tweet? Yeah, I did. That's why you brought it up. Yeah, Premier yeah. League Productions at the weekend where we were on Sky Sports and had whoever we they had Michael Dawson and Graham Soonash talking about Tottenham Man City for an hour. The the Premier League Productions for the rest of the world's feed had Alan Shearer and Les Ferdinand as pundits. I mean, well, there's a there's a poll for everyone in a TF, in a TV extra. So John Hall forty percent, Henry Winter forty percent, George Colkin twenty percent. There's the top. There's your top three from the listeners and the viewers, shall we say? So um, we'll keep the votes coming in in the poll before the show ends, which will be ending very very shortly. Um, but yeah, Les Ferdinand, just a little thing on uh, Sir Les. Um, I said this on the podcast that. Um, my boss lost his dad. He was he was very unwell for a long time, but like loved Newcastle. And Paul, my boss, loves Newcastle United, and sent him a little message, uh, just offering his condolences. And he didn't have to do that. So, uh, yeah, big thanks to Sir Les for that because it's a little, sometimes it's just the little things, and they, they go a long way in life. So, yeah, big thanks to Sir Les Ferdinand. Yeah, um, one, of the nicest, one of the nicest blokes. And the thing is. Of all the 50-odd guests we've had on so far, there's not a bad egg in any of them. No, because, definitely not. Like, we don't pay these people to talk to us or to come on the to, to come on the show. We don't. We don't. We no, get we, paid. No, no, we don't. We do. Um, Lee, Lee pays us. Oh, does he not? Does yeah. he not pay you? Does he not pay you? Does he not? No. Oh. He pay you. I, I, like, no comment. No comment. Right. I'm uh, I'm writing a strongly worded email tonight. But no, no. My <laughs> my point is, these people are so so generous with their time, and and every single one of them has been an absolute honour to talk to for the amount of time we've had them, and it, 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 we're so grateful. And um, yeah, long may it continue. Yeah, very much so. I think we'll end it here. I think um, we've done fifty odd episodes. Can we get to a hundred? Who knows? We've got a few guests in the pipeline that we want to try and get on. So very much looking forward to seeing what we can do. Um, what I should but... say is the link for all the previous episodes are in the description if you're watching on YouTube. Obviously, if you're listening on the podcast, you've got the podcast feed and hit that five-star review if you're on iTunes. Yeah, exactly. And if, you can, in the, if you're listening listen on iTunes, Podomatic, Spotify, get in the comments or get in the reviews and tell us who you want to... Acast, see what try... not, not Podomatic. A- Don't say Podomatic, say Acast. <laughs> Acast. Um, <laughs> tells who you or want to try and get say, on. Do you know what else you can do? You know, um, Alexa. There's loads of 
people's Alexas going off now. <laughs> you, can, you can tell it to play the Greenwood and Mulliner show as well. So there you go. That's pretty cool. I like that. That's pretty, pretty cool. Um, but yeah, thanks to everybody that's been there watching on YouTube and the people that will listen eventually um, to this podcast because we thoroughly enjoy it, me and Sam. We never thought we'd do as many as we have. Um, but it's going to be really, really interesting. And just the last couple there, John Hall, 50%. Henry Winter, 33, and George Corgan, 16%. So there you go. There's your top three. So John Hall getting most of the of the votes uh, for so top three. So was that just for the four, or was like Peter Drury in that as well? I think it was just the four. I think you only put four on the, uh, the polls. Well, I'm not doing so. it. It was Lee. No, it was Lee, but I'm just saying you can only do four. So, oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, so smash the like button. Subscribe to NFTV Extra and Newcastle Fans TV. We're actually not a million miles away from 26,000 subscribers on Newcastle Fans TV and not a million miles away from 2,000 subscribers on NFTV Extra. Can we hit that before the end of the year? With your help, you never know. For myself, Jonathan Greenwood, my co-host Sam Mulner, we'll see you all very soon. Love you. Bye.